Oh, well. Need this table. Uh, for, um, yeah, I guess I should just have a coaster, maybe. Oh, it's too late. It's too late? Okay, I can't have a coaster. Yeah. I'll put it on my notebook. Okay. Um. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, okay, I know where you're going with this. You want a little cliff that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, Whoa. But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. Hi guys, uh, we're back, we're back, we're back, and we have a very, <laughs> we have a very cool guest with us today. It's Connie Shin. Hello. Hello. How are you? We already I'm, did this, but uh, we could be doing this on the air. It's okay. Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, processing a lot. I'm noticing there's Ethan Hawke pictures everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a, I'm a, I think I'm just gonna find out what happens. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Um, what is uh, we gotta we gotta ask you because we ask everyone. Um, mm-hmm. What's your relationship with Ethan Hawke in his movies? Um, I think my relationship with Ethan Hawke is like a majority of Americans right now, in that we're relearning about him. Because mm-hmm. I think he had his heyday in the '90s, where he was like a heartthrob, reality bites. But then there was like he disappeared for a while. But then he reappeared as like a serious actor. He did a bunch of indie films, got some serious um, cred, and, and it, it seemed like any movie that was considered experimental, he was attached to somehow. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him, and I think the movie that really turned it around for me was First Reformation. First, yeah, First Reformed. I love that movie. First Reformed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just listened to your episode on that one. Mm-hmm. It was so good, and I was just like. Because the thing is, there's so many things in the movie that normally I hate, like mm-hmm. the part where they're discussing theology. I was like, normally I'd be like, ah, get it away. But he, <laughs> it was so interesting to watch his character do it because mm-hmm. you can see that he was enjoying it. And I was like, oh, you freaks enjoy this sort of thing. <laughs> um, nothing against religious people, but it's just, um, it was. I thought it was so, the way he, the, um, the way Schrader made the movie, it was just so engaging. And in my mind, so easy to follow. Totally. Yeah. 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 It gets a little wild at the end, but oh, uh, I n- no one saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it. I think it. Um, the further removed I get from it, and I do need to rewatch it because it's. I don't think I've seen it since I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I just saw it once. Yeah, but um, the further removed I get from it, the more I appreciate that ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, cool. 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 This week, we watched Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting um, because I, I, it's based on a John Carpenter film from 1976, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen it before, so I watched it this week also. You uh, watched both movies? I watched movies? both movies this oh, week. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that I could uh, be so that I could know what the source material was and mm-hmm. how this compares, and they're pretty different movies. I imagine just based on the posters, because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, because I feel like the John Carpenter movie was like intentionally like a B movie, uh-huh. you know, and mm-hmm. it's it's 
pretty uh, schlocky and over the top. And this one was unintentionally a B movie. Yeah, yes. I think so. I think this movie was. I think they made it like seriously. Right. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. it was what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a couple a couple other differences um, were that so there. Um, in the original movie, it was like uh, like a young black cop who's the main mm. character, and then it's like a, a white criminal. Um, and then in this one, it's a reverse. It's like uh, Ethan Hawke plays a cop named Jake again, uh, and he's yeah. he's white. And then the Lawrence Fishburne <coughs> is the criminal. Um, so that's mm-hmm. kind of a different dynamic there. I wonder why they switched it. Yeah, I don't know. And it was also the other interesting thing was. Um, uh, at the very beginning, so at the very beginning, Ethan Hawke is undercover. He's mm-hmm. like in an undercover operation, and um, his his like fake name while he's undercover is Napoleon, and that's the name of the um, the criminal in the original movie. His uh, name is Napoleon, and so I thought that's where it was going, where Ethan Hawke was going to be like the criminal yeah. uh, guy. But then you know they tricked me. They tricked me because I'd seen that first movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, when the movie first started, um, it was the way even the way it's edited, it has that gritty filter and the mm-hmm. the the jarring shots. Yeah, it's very blue. Yeah, lots yeah. of shaky cam, uh, reminiscent of that. I think the culmination of this uh, was the movie Domino. I'm not familiar with that. I see that one. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> it has Kira Knightley. She plays a bounty hunter. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Based, what sucks is it's based on a true story, and they took it and just went blue. But it's the, it's like the pinnacle of early two thousands movies, mm-hmm. and but gone wrong. Just like shaky cam for the sake of shaky cam. Everyone just trying to be like boo 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 boo. Lots of shots and just everyone's crazy and um, it it doesn't work though, and um, uh, it was interesting to see uh like have. Uh, prominent that style was. I wonder who started yeah, totally. it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, it's not like the same as you know, like Zack Snyder gritty. It's it predates that for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, was like, it the movie? I guess it's more like it's kind of like Crash. Maybe Crash. I was gonna been. say Traffic. Yeah, or Traffic. Uh, traffic was yeah. Traffic was interesting because they did that color, that heavy color filter with yeah. the blue, yellow, and white colors. Mm-hmm. Either way, it was automobile related. Yes. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. Well, traffic is about drugs, really, but yeah, sure. Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Shaky cam. Yeah, classic. Lohan. Lohan loves a shaky cam. Okay, I have a question for you guys. Oh, yeah. So you guys are both hawkheads. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> At this feel- point. <laughs> <laughs> is it okay if I say that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, so what did you think of Ethan Hawke's performance as the undercover tweaker? I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, it was it was ridiculous. It was but. ridiculous, and something that felt it felt like he was having fun. I thought he was yeah. having a really good time in that role. This, it seemed to me like something that it was just that he had made up on the spot. Totally, and it sounds like something he would write. I've yeah. read one and a half of his books, and um, we've also watched the first two. Well, we've watched all three of the before movies, which he also co-wrote. Uh-huh. And it really like it just felt like he wrote it. I don't know if, if he did. I wasn't able to yeah, find anything yeah. about that, but it felt like he could have written it. It felt, um, yeah, it definitely felt a lot of chewing the scenery, um, like 
Okay, so I have to confess, I took an edible before seeing this movie. Nice. And so part of me was like, okay, so he's an undercover agent. Is he being overly cheesy to signify to us that he is an over undercover agent and hence his acting is not being precise? Or is that way too much? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I think know. he was... I don't. I think he was like being. I think he was doing a good job of playing a cop who was playing a. I think he drug was. Addict. He was trying. I think I wouldn't put it past Ethan to be like, don't be too, like, real. Otherwise, you need to look like a cop acting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was so. Like at first glance, it just looks like, oh, what are we doing here? <laughs> but at second glance, be like, ah. Okay, all right. Yeah, Good for yeah, you, yeah. Ethan. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I did enjoy that. And so, yeah, during that scene, uh, they're found out. Also, it's Titus Wolliver, right? As the guy that's buying the drugs from him. I'm pretty sure he's... Um, oh, he always plays a villain. Yeah, because he's, he's Bosch now on uh, oh, okay. Amazon. and he's um, he was, But he was the man in black and lost. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I only but, know him from his, the Bosch billboards. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see him. He looked younger. <laughs> he probably was, but he always yeah. just has that villainous face. Totally, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, uh, so Ethan Hawke's partners, he has two other cops with him that are undercover, and they're mm-hmm. found out, and then they, uh, they get shot and killed, and then Ethan Hawke shoots Titus Wolver's brains out, and they come out, like, out at the camera. <laughs> that was yeah. a fun yeah, effect. Yeah, it's a whole big shootout. He's running down the stairs and, like, chasing these guys and all mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that's the end of that portion, and then we cut to eight months later, where he's waking up, and it felt rem- a little reminiscent of Training Day. Yeah. Because he's the sun is coming through the window, and he... Uh, yeah, you know he's shirtless, and uh, we need to find a new way to portray um, dramatized cops. Other than having like alcohol by the bed, alcohol, wife beater, grizzled hair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, they always have uh, blinds, never <laughs> shades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see a grizzled cop who has like a French window <laughs> and has like shutters from like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Yeah, that would make it, that would totally change everything yeah. about the character. I mean, he's like, I can't be grizzled. I have these French windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, this movie was filled with stars. It sure was. Yeah. Yeah, so we got Drea De Mateo as the secretary of, in the, or whatever her title is there. I think she was like the. She She's from Sopranos. Yeah. That's what I know her from. Yeah, and she always plays kind of like a like a saucy Italian American woman. I mean, when you got that look, yeah, and I you mean, can do she your looks own great. makeup. <laughs> That's so true. She's good at what she do. Yeah, she really is. And it has that one girl who plays the Maria Bello. Yes, Ugh, I love Maria Bello. I love to watch her act. She's just she's so good. The psychologist. Yeah, the psychologist. Uh, she was a little much in this movie for sure. Yeah. But uh, you know, I still enjoy her. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Obviously, he's the big bad guy in Detroit. Uh, the biggest, the biggest criminal of them all. They know, they all know who he is, and he's been impossible to catch. But this time, they got him. They sure did. Uh, and it's a holiday, so he won't be mm. arraigned until Monday. 
Yeah, well, we've got we've we've got to get into like how he gets caught. He's like sitting in a church, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then someone comes up to like some dude comes up to him, a fellow baddie but not a colleague, mm-hmm. and is like, oh, you know, what are you doing here, or whatever? And he's like, I lost my faith. I don't know. I don't remember exactly. So he was like, you got to take this like, deal, and then he's like, not gonna take the deal. Yeah. And so then the guy pulls a gun on him. Well, yeah, but before that, he says that like, oh, that he that he. After seeing so many people die, and like they always ask whether or not they believe in God, they always ask for God, and it never changes anything. And that's how he lost his faith. And then the guy pulls a gun on him, and he just stabs him in the throat. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, and then he like makes a break for it, and he gets outside, and the cops are there. Yeah, so then he has to go back into the church and shoot it up. Yeah. He's just shooting in the ceiling to get everyone, like, you know, down on the ground. And uh, so he had control over the situation. Sorry. Um, uh, but then, you know, he's he's trapped, so they get him. Yeah. His yeah. name is Marion Bishop. Yeah. That's a pretty good criminal name. I That's, like it. Yeah. Bishop. I think um, in The Good Wife, the big, uh, like, the big kingpin in, um, where are they? They're in Chicago. Uh, his name. You always look at me. I'm not, I'm <laughs> kind of, like, talking to myself and looking in your okay. direction. Um, but his name is Lamont Bishop in The uh, Good Wife. Mm-hmm. So That's fun. Yeah. I have a theory that mm-hmm. why his, they chose that name. Keep in mind, I was a little high. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bishop, because he zigzags. And he's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means now. (laughs) But I just remember thinking Lawrence Fishburne's like an action star now. It's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Because he's in all the John Wick movies. Oh, is he really? I didn't know that. Yes. I haven't seen any of them. He's in The Matrix. He's in The Matrix. He's in The Matrix for sure. Keanu. Oh, man. Am I being... Oh, no. Is that that is him and John Wick, right? I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, dang it. I know Halle Berry's in the new one. That's all I, I haven't know. seen it, but I've heard very positive things about the John Wick it's movies. It's crazy fun. Um, I left type my type phone type over type there. Type so. One of my type favorite type cop actors, Brian Dennehy's in this. Who is he? He's the. Yes, you're right. He is in. He is in. <sighs> It's fine. Crisis I averted. Just, I was just like, well, my, oh, who was that? Oh, my God. Um, Brian Dennehy, he, um, I wrote this description, born to be a cop that gets shot. Amazing. <laughs> he just has that look about him. Like, he's like, he's gonna, he's gonna, like, give you a hard time, but at the same time, he's a little too unwieldy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you're a hard-ass cop. Oh, is he the old guy? Yes. yes. Oh. Dude. Yeah, he's good. There are so many times, so many scenes in this movie where he like he's just real casual with guns, like mm-hmm. loaded weapons. Because mm-hmm. he comes into the evidence room and he picks up like that old Tommy gun mm-hmm. and he like pretends to shoot it like it's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there's another scene, like it's supposed to be a more serious scene, where he, they're outside, the building is surrounded, and he like uses his gun to like gesticulate. He like points at Ethan Hawke and is uh-huh. like listen this is bad like with the gun and it's like not no one's like freaking out about it mm-hmm. he just like he's just wildly like waving his gun everywhere mm-hmm. yeah well you know he's old what can you do <laughs> it's, it's he's okay i just feel like i i feel i hear yeah like when people are clearly not playing the reality of it yeah it does irk me a little bit yeah mm-hmm. 
like when someone like when they're doing something that clearly would require a lot of paperwork or some shit. I remember there's this thing that haunted me from the movie I Love You, Man. Mm-hmm. There's a part where Paul Rudd gets a phone call from Jason Siegel and is like, oh, where are you? And he's like, oh, uh, um, uh, I'm in Sherman Oaks. He's like, I'm in Santa Monica. Come meet me. He's like, okay, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And I was just like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> On a jetpack? What are you talking about? It was something obscene, but he's like, I'll meet you in Santa Monica in 15 minutes. And I was like, maybe if you're in Culver City, but what 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 it was so just uh whoever oh, wrote I'm, it I'm, I'm in another part of santa monica i'll see you in 30 minutes <laughs> yeah even if you're in santa monica yeah. it, oh mm-hmm. it was just banana pants but truly um, yeah the sharknado the first sharknado movie there's a lot of that because uh, they're in los angeles also and it's just like all this they're in the valley then they're at the pier they're just like all over the place yeah, I had that experience uh, playing Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, yeah. Also which is, that. like, so intensely realistic. And it's, like, you know, all Los Angeles. <laughs> and I was, like, I, at one point, you know, as you do, I was getting chased by the cops. And I was, like, oh, I'll just take Pico. It's a straight <laughs> shot. So I'm, like, racing down Pico. I was, like, there's no obstructions on this street. And then, like, right at, like, you know, somewhere in the middle of Santa Monica, there's, like, a giant movie studio. But they just dropped in the middle of Pico, and I was like, "This isn't right." It's just wrong. But you know, I get it. You got to condense. But the yeah, city it a is. Bit. Yeah, but it is jarring in Grand Theft Auto Five because it's like it's, it's so, so realistic. realistic. Like yeah. every building is exactly how it. Yeah, it's, like it's, they're yeah. Re- the real buildings. Mm-hmm. It's insane. So then, when you can't take the streets you want to take, it's just really yeah. screws you up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys are fans of the show Sons of Anarchy. I haven't watched it, it, but it's been on my list forever. Well, one of the leads is in this movie. Oh, who? He plays the cop that's handcuffing people. I can't think of who that is right now. I should have written the names down. That's okay. That's okay, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't have my phone on me. Oh, and John Lequizamo is in this. Our king. We know him from Joe the King, and he's our king. Love him. You know him from Joe the King? Yeah, he was in a movie called Joe the King, which was another movie that we watched for the podcast. Is that the movie with the gorilla? No. <laughs> which movie is this? This is um, about... It's a Frank Whaley movie. Um, with That's about a kid who has a tough life, and Val Kilmer plays his father. And uh, John Leguizamo is in it as a guy who has definitely had some like trouble with crime in the past, but he's like the only adult figure in this kid's life that's like Yeah, he's good. far and away the best part yeah. of that movie. Yeah. And he only has like three scenes. Yeah. Wow. Well he always does bring it. I know him from like so many movies in my childhood. Yeah, also like he was on ER for a while, which is probably one of the first ER and Moulin Rouge would have been the first times I was aware of him. I re- I think I became aware of him in Tu Wong Fu. Mm-hmm. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. The movie where Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo were drag queens. Oh, that's fun. Oh, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And um, well, he's just—he's just been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's good. No, he's yeah. great. He got the hardest dialogue in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, and he had like a lot of acting to do because he was, you know, pl- he was like a drug addict that was like coming down. Mm-hmm. You know, he was detoxing. Yeah, he and... was supposed to be paranoid or something, so he had to mm-hmm. say all this technical jargon. And I was just like, God, he must have gotten the script and just been like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, although he kind of seems like a guy that, that thrives on the, yeah. a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I heard he has really bad ADD, and so like he has to do like serious meditations just to sit still to do get his makeup done. Oh, interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't like I've thought about that before, like just having to sit like for that long to get like because they I've heard like things about like you know the thirteen hour or whatever like mm-hmm. yeah. It's like I can't. I just genuinely cannot imagine mm-hmm. having to do that, like without having ADD or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy to me. And this was like before phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just right. like I think people just sleep or yeah, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, and we also have speaking of stars, Gabriel Byrne. He is the dirty cop, the main right. the main dirty cop. Mm-hmm. Um. But you see him and you're like, yeah, of course he is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But Um, ostensibly, in the beginning of the plot, he's the guy that brings Lawrence Fishburne in. mm -hmm. It's like his squad and they're like, we're taking over now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And his second in command is played by an actor whose name I can't remember, but he was in the show called Raising the Bar on TNT that I really liked. And I was like, oh, hey, it's that guy from Raising the Bar. So that was fun. Stars um, and stars and stars. Uh, what, what one point I wrote icicle murder. Oh, that oh, was yeah. so good. That yeah. was so good. Icicle murder is my favorite method of like some, killing someone in fiction. Or I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to comment on my appreciation of people being murdered in real life. Um, but uh, no, in fiction, like I just think an icicle is the cleverest way to kill someone. In this instance, they all know who did it. But if you're trying to like kill someone get away with it an icicle is the best weapon because it would melt oh. and you wouldn't there wouldn't be any fingerprints I, my whole thing is just like how hard is an icicle like i would be worried like it would like shatter break on the mm-hmm. impact. Yeah. yeah yeah i guess you'd have depend. to be pretty accurate with it yeah you'd have to be a pretty sturdy one yeah. really who, pointy i forget who did the icicle murder was it, it was ethan hawk it was ethan hawk yeah because yeah. oh, okay. he went out there with someone mm-hmm. and um and he went out there by himself, I think. Oh, oh he was trying yeah, to get yeah. to the bus. To get to the bus, yeah. And there were two guys out there, and then he gets yeah he, yeah. he gets into a tussle with one of uh, Gabriel Burns' men. What, what is what is the act, a character? Gabriel Burns. Oh, his character. Captain Kim- Marcus. Oh, Duval. Oh, Duval. Yeah. Duval. Yeah. So, yeah. So one of Duval's men, he gets into a tangle with a couple of them, and then he mm-hmm. icicles one of them. Yeah. Like in the eye, right? Yeah, right in, in the eye. eye. Right yeah. in the yeah. eye. Yeah, classic. Yep. Um, in the original movie, so this one, I think it's kind of important to note that it's like a. So what's happening is that they're at a precinct, and the precinct is about to shut down. They're transferring to a new yes, one. Yes, it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, and it's the last night that this pre- precinct is going to be open. Right. This is the same setup as the as the original, except for it's not New Year's Eve. It's just the last night of the precinct being oh, open. Okay. But where it's different, though, is that there's a big snowstorm happening. Because the original movie takes place in, in Los Angeles. Right. So there's no snow happening. Uh, well, there was hail the other day. That's so true. So we have yeah. weather. That's true. We do have weather sometimes, but not this kind of weather. The original no. took place in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm, it how, did. How come no, no one could get to them? Um, it was like in a like a bad part of town oh. you know <laughs> no one wanted to come yeah exactly yeah there's a scene where like the cops like roll by and they're like uh no we're not gonna go over there <laughs> and they just keep going that's that's really funny yeah um but so this one takes place in detroit and there's a snowstorm and so the snowstorm is what causes 
so there are cops that are transferring three prisoners or four prisoners yes. played by um lawrence fishburne john languizamo uh ja Rule. Ja Rule, and yeah. um aisha hines i know her from uh true blood Yes, oh. yes, yes, yes. She's really good in True Blood. Also, she's really good in this one episode of Law and Order. I was going to say she was on an episode of Law and Order. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was really fun to see her also. Um, but yeah, so they're transporting these prisoners, and the snowstorm gets so bad that they have to stop at the nearest precinct, which happens to be this one. That's they're like they're just like drinking. They're not really expecting that anything is going to be happening. Yeah. So it's New Year's Eve, and they're about to shut down. They're not really an active precinct. Um, but they need to stop there and, uh, you know, put the prisoners somewhere until the snowstorm blows over. In the original one, though, it's all kind of like a ruse created by the prisoners that gets them to stop. One of them is sick, uh, uh, is quote unquote sick. Right. And he really, like, he gets progressively worse or maybe he doesn't. It's not really clear whether or not he's really sick, but... Um, so he gets progressively worse and then they like, they're like, okay, we have to stop and get this guy a doctor. So they stop at the precinct and that's how this happens. Um, and it's also not dirty cops in the original either. (laughs) It's a very different movie. It's, it's just the prisoners. No, uh, they're surrounded by, uh, Cholos is, uh, what they, the word that they use. Um, and you know, they just, they're obsessed with killing. They can't be stopped. That's the whole plot of the movie is they just won't rest until they've killed everyone in their way. Wow. It's pretty bad. (laughs) I'm glad we've advanced the narrative a little. Yeah. This this is like a more logical and less upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I was thinking that maybe the explanation that the cops couldn't get there is that it was just, they were just stuck in traffic. Oh yeah, true. Um, that, would, that would make that sense. Would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just one one more note from the original, and then I'll let it go. There's a really good scene at the beginning with a man and his daughter, and so they're going to, um, like, they want her nanny to like come live with them. They've like made a room for her to live with them because she like broke up with her boyfriend or something. I don't know. That this whole narrative about the father and daughter going to this like bad part of town to go get the nanny. And um, he stops at a payphone to make a call, and the girl sees an ice cream truck and wants to go get ice cream. Uh-oh. Yeah. And so then she goes to get ice cream, and but the, the ice cream truck driver looks real shifty. Yeah. And you're like... he's a cholo. <laughs> no, he's not. Oh, okay. But he's tangled up with them in some way. Uh-huh. Uh, and, um, and so she's like, can I have an ice cream? And then he's like, no, go away. But then she's like pretty persistent, and she gets this ice cream. But then she realizes it's not the flavor she wanted. She's about to go away and be fine. But then she realizes it's not the flavor she wanted, so she goes back. And when she gets back, she sees that the driver has been shot. And then she looks up, and the guy that killed him is, like, right above him, and he just shoots her, like... Wow. Yeah, it was pretty shocking. That's a lot. This girl could just not take a hint. No, yeah. She was not aware of her surroundings. Uh Uh-uh. I mean, wait a weird weird room. (laughs) looked over just an inch, she would have seen him ahead of time. Or just, like, imagine, like, an ice cream man being like, go away. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we're talking about the, the new version, though. Um, so yeah, the snowstorm is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, they pull into Precinct 13, and Ethan Hawk, Hawk's like, I am not having it. This is New Year's Eve. I just want to chill. And, you know, 
He's he's a grumpy cop. Is is what is what it is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the French blinds. Yeah. He. Um. He and the girl from The Sopranos. I forget her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Mateo. they have a weird relationship. They do. Yeah. They seem like like a kind of like. F- flirty but like platonic platonic flirty yeah for the longest time i wasn't sure what was going on with ethan because he was flirty with both her and maria bello yeah 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 his 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 psychiatrist unprofessional insanely unprofessional she's she's very unprofessional yeah Yeah. she did everything but literally throw her panties at him yeah it's insane (sighs) it's a lot because there because she like she goes out so so they have like a scheduled session on New Year's, mm-hmm. and she shows up, and then he's basically like, uh, "You, you, you came here not to keep your appointment. You came here because you love me." Mm-hmm. And then she, she's like, "Oh, <laughs> shut up!" And then he grabs the folder from her secretly, just yeah. Fun. And then she comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think because well, she doesn't come back to, to get it. Party. Yeah, the storm is so bad that she has she no can, choice yeah, to yeah, turn yeah. around and. Yeah. Yeah. And then they would get into this whole argument about like she tells him what she thinks the reason. Yeah, which, which is, is like this is not how you're supposed yeah, to do this. I don't like think this that's is how so unprofessional. Therapy works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like out of out of the confines of the session, just mm-hmm. yelling at him about what she thinks his problems are. Like lady, this is not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maria Bellows plays a lot of characters that are just like fighting tooth and nail to tell a man to believe in himself. <laughs> I feel like she did this in the history of violence. I feel like she did this in, I think it's the movie called Prisoners. Oh, is that the one with Hugh Jackman? And yeah. Love that movie. That's a cool movie. I, didn't I was so tense the whole time. But yeah, but she plays a lot of women that are just like, you just gotta trust me. You have it in you. And I'm just like... <laughs> Why don't you just go do it? I mean, you have the strength. You have the know-how. Yeah. It's true. She was in a mm, cop drama on NBC that was pretty good. That maybe only lasted a season or two, but it was good. She was good in it. It was. Mm-hmm. She was like an actual uh, uh, functional cop in mm-hmm. that, as opposed to this uh, psychiatrist who has crippling OCD. Yeah. Yeah. And cannot handle a high stress situation, which they're about to get into. Yes, because uh, Duval. Yes, Duval, Gabriel Byrne, and his men. He has lots of them. There are all these. All every crop except for Ethan Hawke seems to be crooked. In Detroit. and they all have the most advanced equipment known to man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, we see a bunch of these bad cops. We don't know who they are yet. Mm-hmm. But we see a bunch of these bad cops break in. We don't know they're cops yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't know they're cops yet. But they break in and they kill. They have a shootout with one of the cops. Dennehy. Um, it's Dennehy, right? I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but they all think that the the people shooting at him are trying to break out Lawrence Fishburne. Yes. yes. They think that he, they're his men. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he says... That that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are in fact uh, crooked cops. Who, if uh, Lawrence Fishburne goes to court, they're worried that he's gonna rat them all out, and that they're all gonna go to jail. Mm-hmm. So they've set on killing him. 
Yeah. And they have to, obviously, they have to kill everyone else, too, so. Mm-hmm. So they're arguing about this, like, in the main, like, lobby area of the precinct. And then all of a sudden, like, well, also the power, another important thing, the power is out and they have no cell signal. Yeah. Um, because of the storm or because it's been cut. Yeah, that's that's what the old guy says, who seems very technologically, like, <laughs> savvy. He explains exactly how the phone lines have been cut. The sig- the uh, cell signals have been blocked. Mm-hmm. Like, how'd you do that? Like, it's, uh, you know, we're cops. But then he's, he's like, he explains to them, which I thought was kind of amusing, that he would just be so, like, he's just kind of, like, not really all there, but then he's apparently very technologically aware. Mm-hmm. This made me laugh so hard. Um, there's a part where Lawrence Fishburne tells a joke, and um, okay, because he everyone's like freaking out, and he's like, "They're gonna, they've come here to kill us." And then he turns to Maria Bellows and goes, "You especially." <laughs> and I just laughed. That was so, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Fucking. <laughs> yeah. I was so out of the blue. And just so, just like he he needs to blow off some steam yeah. and have some fun. Because she's freaking out. She's like, all of us. And mm-hmm. he's like, you especially. And yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> and the delivery there was so good. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he um, ad-libbed that, or do you think that was in the script? I feel like I it was feel that was in the, the script. script. Yeah, because yeah. because she set it up pretty well. So, oh, it's just his delivery was just so. Ugh. I was watching this pretty fun um, interview with Lawrence Fishburne earlier today. It wasn't about this movie, but it was just um, he was talking about like uh, the concept of like swinging and acting where you're like really going for it. And he was just and and he was like listing off all of these examples of people like Peter O'Toole and like, you know, all these actors in Sidney Poitier in uh, Dessert with Love and all these actors who he thought really did it. And then he just kept like doing all these impressions of these actors, like doing these like really great lines. And it just reminded me so much of like that moment where he just really like he really goes for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he no matter what he's doing, he's just going to go for it. He's really so great. Yeah, he is good. I saw him once at. A, um... Oh, yeah. At a, it was like a, it was like a small like it was like Shakespeare in the Park type production, mm. where it was just like in, it was like at Griffith Park. It was like a little stage. Um, was and, he in it? No, no, he was just watching it. Oh, and I think that like maybe like someone in his family like was one of the cast members. because oh. I think at the end like one of the people from the cast came up and was talking to him, but it, but we were like we weren't that far from each other. And I looked at him. I was like, oh shit, that's Lawrence Fishburne. And he was just like chilling, just with his family, just having a good time. It was, wow. it was cool, yeah. Because I, I was gonna say I could totally see him in a Shakespeare play. Yeah, maybe maybe he's mm-hmm. done. He seems sure really he into it too. He seemed yeah. like he was really enjoying it. But how hard were you watching him? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, once in a while I'd zone out and just check on what he, he had. Was the, up he had to. the tiniest bead of sweat coming down. <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The way this movie was edited was interesting. It felt, didn't it kind of feel like a series of vignettes? A little bit. I mean, because there were, I mean, there are so many, it's a real ensemble. Yeah, because they keep on checking in with everyone. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, and they would often be split up into pairs, too. Uh So you'd be, like, checking in on, like, every conversation that's going on between these, like, maybe unlikely pairings, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's one scene in particular where they're, like, sort of, they're all watching the windows, different windows, and they yeah. they sort of like pan across. Mm-hmm. And then you Lots see like of panning. Each, each conversation yeah. play out. It felt like different. It felt kind of like a play almost. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And then, the, yeah, and there was one in particular that I really enjoyed that was Lawrence Fishburne with Drea de Mateo, <laughs> where they are like. Yeah, they set it up that she like, likes so bad guys. Yeah, that's that's a callback to the original movie too, because there was like a a secretary character in that okay. movie who was really attracted. She was really attracted to the you know the big criminal guy. Uh huh. Um, in that one, and in that one, he was being taken to death row. Like he was pretty bad, the guy in the original, and she was so into. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, so that that was a that was a fun callback to the original. Yeah, and she's basically like, "Is it true that you?" Uh, whipped out a man's spine and he's like he like leans in real close and grabs her by the throat and it's like it was the Adam's apple and then she's like oh my god yeah it was a real choke me daddy moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah which sets it up later because she ends up using that that's right does she does she rip out someone's Adam's apple no she doesn't but she ends up using that she like hits someone in the Adam's apple he he basically Mm -hmm. tells her like if you ever need to like disable someone Mm mm-hmm um, if you want to take them down, like hit, go for the Adam's apple, and what? she ends up using that later. Yeah. What so. is it about the Adam's apple that's just? I don't know. It's like your turn off switch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one. I wrote um, Leguizamo gets throat punched, but he's being sensible. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a big scene with, like, all the characters are together arguing about, like, what to do and, mm-hmm. like, who to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, because, oh, yeah, because a new cop comes in, someone who works in the precinct who had been out, but then he, like, just happened to come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and so John Leguizamo thinks that he's, like, a plant from, the from you know, Duval's crooked cops outside. and um, I also thought he was a plant. Yeah, I thought so, too, but... Because uh, who comes wandering in during a snowstorm? Yeah, I don't know. I think he just, I think he genuinely just wanted to like see his his cop friends. I mean, that is one lonely like. <laughs> do you know how many things that I was supposed to go to but didn't because it was raining? <laughs> but just to, yeah. like, oh, that's yeah, yeah, that was suspicious. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, they're all having this this. Um, like you're saying, this argument in the lobby about what to do about this guy that just came in. Because John Leguizamo was like, let's just smoke this dude right now, basically. Yeah. Um, and then they all point the guns at each other. And they have to defuse the situation. Mm-hmm. Which I think Ethan Hawke ends up doing. But the reason, the way we got to that point was because they had to have a discussion about letting the criminals out of the cells. Mm-hmm. Because John Leguizamo was like, we're just sitting like we're bait we're just sitting ducks yeah. like if they come in again they could kill us and we would be defenseless mm-hmm. and i think bishop makes the point like you know there's countless men out there you're going to need all the hands you can get totally you should let us out and we'll work together and all that stuff and so that's how they end up letting all the criminals well alleged criminals because there's yeah, the one, one of character, them Aisha Hines she, she says adamantly maintains her innocence mm-hmm. but she, she seems to know a lot of criminal skills yeah yeah, yeah. she does know but how to hotwire it seems like a car. she kind of got caught up with some mm-hmm. like her, her her sister might have some sort like that that she was saying like oh they, they were coming for my sister and like they got me or whatever and so she's she's very adamant about that that she is like not she's she's she, not the one she says she's never done a crime in her life which like Definitely seems like an exaggeration, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it also does seem like she's not actually. Yeah, maybe she didn't commit the crime that she was brought in for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Ja Rule has a weird thing where he talks in third person. Yeah, yeah. Smiley. And his name's Smiley, and he calls himself that. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw him, were you guys also only thinking about Fire Island? <laughs> I no, I was I was so um I believed the character of Smiley so much that I just didn't even Do think they about say that. What his crime was in <laughs> no. his future crime All was right, Fire so Island. We're gonna, say, we're gonna say that it was Fire Festival, yeah. yeah fire that that's Festival. that's what he went in, in for. In ten more years he's gonna do the biggest crime of all time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or performance art project, depending on the interpretation. He's True. gonna try to book Blink one eighty two on an island with no accommodations. And then Lawrence Fishburne will come and kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's a really fun scene after he lets Ethan Hawke lets the prisoners out where he tells them to like choose their weapon and it's very like video game loading scene where they're all like picking up their, you know, so like someone picks up an ax and someone picks up like an old gun and someone else and, uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne picks up two bottles of vodka and I'm like, ooh, Molotov cocktail time. That's gonna be fun. I love a good Molotov and cocktail. And someone gets the Tommy gun. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, I don't remember. But um, shortly after that scene, um, oh, okay, so Maria Bella is about to get shot, and then Ja Rule and John Leguizamo come in and save her, and it's very funny. Oh, yeah, she's freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's freaking out, because she, she's just completely, like, incapacitated by her, like, OCD and fear because it's a scary situation. Yeah. Um, but she just can't do anything. She has a gun. Ethan Hawke gave her a gun, mm-hmm. but she just can't do anything. And so they come in and save her, and it's just kind of funny to watch that them. Do yeah, because because I think Ja Rule has like a baseball bat. Yes, yes, yes. He doesn't have like right. a very great weapon. Yeah. And then they they beat the dude mm-hmm. to death basically. Yeah, and then Lawrence Fishburne has he makes two Molotov cocktails, but he uses both of them on the same person, which doesn't make any sense. I think really just one is sufficient to take a person down. Yeah, yeah. I think he throws it. He throws it at someone, and they they do this in slow motion too, like sort of slow motion. He throws it, and then he like kicks the guy, right? And then he throws it again once the guy's on the ground. Yeah, something like that. It was like very like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, it's not how you Molotov. Yeah. But he but I also liked how like he just ever everyone like everyone looks kind of like you know, it's like the the time, like either they're wearing police uniforms or the clothes are a little dated. But Lawrence Fishburne like still just looks cool as fuck. You know what I mean? Always. He's got like that like suave purple coat and like a purple tur like a somewhat tonal turtleneck underneath. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah. He did I remember thinking he looked very chic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, why would anyone chase him? <laughs> he clearly owns the place. Um, a lot of people having their strong character peak moments around here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's a part where everyone looks at Ethan Hawke and just goes, Sarge, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. the camera is like looming in being like, what are we going to do, Ethan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this is also around the same time that like, one of my favorite scenes that can happen in an action movie happens where like um, the older cop, he pulls a gun on Lawrence Fishburne. Then all of a sudden everyone's guns are up pointed at each other. And so like every, like one person would have to put down their gun, but no one is going to do it because they're all pointing at each other. Isn't it's my it a favorite. Mexican standoff. 
Yeah, except for yeah. that there's just like it's specifically when there's like so many people. I just it think that's like, really fun. It was like three Mexican standoffs in one. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone had two guns and no one was going to put any down and this the camera like did the thing where it, it walked around them and mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, and I think it ends up getting diffused because Ethan Hawke Ethan sides Hawk. with Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence he walks Fishburne in front is pointing of him. his gun at the old dude. Tanahi. Yeah, and He's pointing the gun at him, and Ethan Hawke steps in front. Mm-hmm. And the secretary is literally pointing two guns at people. I remember <laughs> being like, how did you get in here? Yeah, and I think at this point, Lawrence Fishburne now has... Uh, he may at this point have a... Because as the, as the cops are breaking in, yeah. they're picking up the guns. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so more of them have machine guns More of them have machine before. guns now, yeah. And I think also, how does. crazy is that that all of these crooked cops outside, every single one of them has a machine gun, like... And they're in great shape. Yeah. They're, they're all, all... Yeah. They're, like, none of them are, you know, like, old, like, old fat cops. They're no. all just, like... They're all, like, murder fresh. Squad. They're, like, yeah, they're, like know how to kill people they're all assassins like yeah. ninjas and it's yeah yeah um, well i assume he runs like maybe some sort of swat like squad i didn't think so i know just like a regular just, maybe squad. like uh, probably it's like vice or something you know because that's mm. they always get tangled up with the crimes when they're going undercover uh-huh i didn't know that um, I feel like that's just like a trope in like oh, movies okay. and TV. <laughs> like I feel like there's you know some like Ray Liotta's probably played a, a cop that went under several times. I think and... that might just be Ray Liotta being Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so uh, Maria Bellows, her her name is Alex. She has mm-hmm. her brave moment, mm-hmm. and then they kill her. Which I am, sh- I was genuinely shocked by. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, she won't give them up. Yeah. And they just shoot her straight in the head, and then that blood's pouring out on yeah, the and they on the white the, snow. Um, what's her name? Aisha Hines too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they because they hatch a plan basically to get in yeah. the truck that belonged to the, the cop that cop. they thought was a plant. Plant. Mm-hmm. They so they want to get to his truck, but they have to get the keys first because they dropped it when they were getting him inside the building well but they don't get the keys so they just send aisha hines and yeah, Ray Bell out there because right. she knows how to hotwire hot a car wire. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um yeah and so they're trying to get get away to like get help or to you know call someone or anything yeah. but then uh, uh one of the one of the bad cops pops up out of the back seat and just yeah. shoots her in yeah because the they're like they're like oh we did it and i'm like oh god yeah what does that mean and then just the like, dude pops up from behind also shoots. he he was she was struggling to hotwire that car. Why didn't he shoot her then? Why did he wait till she was driving and it was dangerous? Drama. For, for yeah. everyone involved. For added drama. <laughs> yeah. That timing. Um, one thing that... Well, maybe maybe it would be easier for them to get to get them without the people in the precinct noticing. Because they mm. were trying to get her to... Um, to Duval, because they brought oh, it to Maria her, Bell, you know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah, Maria Bell. So, so maybe they were trying to get away from like away from the place where the precinct, exactly where the precinct was, mm-hmm. so they could kind of, because they did want to get information from her, to, so that they would rat, so she would rat them out. But mm-hmm. or she, he basically, she, he just asks her how many people are in there. Yeah, and she said a hundred. She said a hundred, which I was kind of like, 
okay, I feel like the right strat in this situation would be to say a large but plausible number. 15. Yeah, like if she said 15 or something, they would have been like, oh shit, that's a lot. Yeah. But that's not what happened. And she then, says 100. And then Ethan is like, why did I let her go? And I wrote down, because you're a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote that down as my most Ethan Hawk line. I wrote down uh, a subconscious safari, which is from the very beginning. Oh, nice, nice. Do you think Ethan says that line every day? Subconscious safari. Oh, no. Oh, why, why did, did I, I let, let her go? go? <laughs> yeah, there was just something about the way he said it where, like, this character, like, isn't especially, like, romantic, which is kind of part of, like, what we've boiled down as the essence of Ethan Hawke, right? It's kind of, like, sensitive, romantic, yeah. um, artistic, you know? Those are kind of the, the core characteristics of Ethan Hawke and his characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was... There's not really too much in this movie because he's usually, like, fighting with Maria Bello or, like, you know, bickering with her. or He's, like, shooting someone. <laughs> so there's not really a lot there. And I think the way that he said this line was, like, you know, kind of, like, remorseful and, um, you know, wistful because he was thinking about what they could have had, you know, which is ultimately kind of romantic and that's why I selected mm-hmm. it as my most Ethan Hawke line. They yeah. do make it seem like him and Maria are going to end up together. Yeah. 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 It's not the case. Um, yeah. Oh, another thing that we learn about Ethan Hawke's character is that he is uh, really popping those prescri- prescription pills. He always got his yeah. pills smoky drinky. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, he says, uh, second all to get down, adder all to get up. You got to get up to get down. Yeah, who's he talking to? He's talking to John Leguizamo, because John Leguizamo is like, I know you're on something because you look like me. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, And that was a a good and interesting moment between the two of them. Oh, and then, yeah, so Ja Rule and John Leguizamo blow up a bus so that the two of them can escape and, like, go to Mexico or something, like, get out of of the country. Yeah, they're trying to make a break for it. Yeah, because they think, because they're like, we're just going to get turned over back to the cops either way, so we might as well. Yeah, either we get killed or we get... Yeah, yeah, so, but then they get killed. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it was like a it was dumb plan. Dumb plan, yeah. They, they, they're, like, crawling along the snow, like, under this, like, behind, like, a sort of very small dune mm-hmm. in the snow. Yeah. And they're not doing a great job of this, and they just shoot Ja Rule in the head because he peeks his head up. Mm-hmm. And then John, like, John Leguizamo was like, oh, no, I'll continue in your memory. Not a great idea. He tries to climb the fence, which is like, okay, no matter how fast you are at climbing a fence, like you, there's just no way you're going to get over before the this, this sniper shoots you. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happens. Um, this happened and pretty soon afterwards, and it was like my favorite line. I recorded it. Oh, nice. Can I play it? Yeah, and hold <laughs> sure. the mic up to the third mic. <laughs> Oh no, did it cut? Fuck with me. I should. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I think I saw that uh, on your Instagram story. Oh yeah. god, what is. Uh... <laughs> 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 
Fishburne's on fire in this. He's, he's so just good. having so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He's so good. Because, like, right when he says, no, fuck with me, he holds up a gun. And I'm just like, you, you're a meme. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people um, being labeled their titles in this. Yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Because they do the secretary, Doc. Mm-hmm. Doc, yeah. Yeah. Sarge. Sarge, yeah. Dealer. Dealer. Mm-hmm. That made it feel very play-like again. Yeah, it made it, it, to me, it made me feel like they they felt the need to, like, reinforce for the audience oh, yeah. or for themselves, like, yeah. who these characters were. Like, mm-hmm. uh, who did she play again? Dealer, right, right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're just trying to remind themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was kind of just <laughs> entirely unnecessary and very silly, but amusing anyway yeah hey you front of house hostess because she literally says i wrote this line down she literally says at one point i'm the doctor yeah it's like yeah we know (laughs) we were watching yeah um one like just practical thing that kind of bothered me in the movie is at one point ethan hawk does say save your ammo to someone but like you haven't seen anyone reload the whole movie like they're just like shooting you know so it's just i feel like you either have to like double down on that and just like never mention anything about ammo Mm -hmm. or you have to be conscious of it the whole time like you can't just like say save your ammo yeah i was thinking about this the gun situation in this movie because like basically every modern police force has access to like some amount of like heavier weapons than pistols you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. most there's at least like a couple of shotguns and then there's usually like some there's often some like machine guns mm-hmm. you know what i mean or like at least like rifles they at least have some rifles yeah and so i was thinking about this like okay i get that this precinct is shutting down mm-hmm. but they didn't clear the evidence lot like if you think about like just practically like you're packing up an office <laughs> yeah I feel like you start with, like, the old evidence boxes. Like, mm-hmm. you take that stuff out because it's not the most important stuff. Like, a lot of it's really old. It's not, like, you know, just get that stuff out of there. And then you maybe want to leave some, like, guns that yeah. the police can, you know, have access. Because it just seems like they, they basically all they had were the guns that they had on them. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as people started and coming people started in, coming they would in, to pick up their machine guns. Except for that ridiculous Tommy gun yeah. that she was using, which was, I think it was Aisha Hines. I think she was the one that mm-hmm. had it. Um, it was very zombie apocalypse rolls. Yeah. But like, I was whatever you about found. It. I was thinking, like, they, I was like they, they've got to have some other weapons in this yeah, they police have, precinct. They literally have a weapons room, don't they, normally? Yeah, like, presumably they would have something more than just the pistols they have mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, I feel like if you were going to attack a police station, you'd be very screwed because yeah, everything well, there. Yeah, well, unless you're also the police. super police. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that guy that did come in later, the other cop, he was actually working for Duval. I forgot about that. And Lawrence Fishburne realizes this, and then Lawrence Fishburne, I wrote Lawrence Fishburne and Ethan Hawke double team him. Well, <laughs> is he, or does he think that it's him, but it's actually the old guy? Mm, I'm not sure, but either way, they kill him. What did you together? Th- well, I wrote down Lawrence Fishburne asked Ethan about the new guy twice, so that doubt is supposed to like hint at us being like, it, it is he is working for him. Okay, so you think maybe they both are? Um, I don't remember what happened. Cause, cause the old guy, it turns out that he was working for 
Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, for Duval. Yeah, I wrote down at one point if if Dennehy is in on it, FML. So yeah, which it turns out he is. So is it possible that they both are? Yeah, I think maybe they both were. But how did they not like help each other? Yeah, because yeah. uh, my 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 understanding was that Fishburne thought that he saw. Uh, saw him outside or something. No, he because he was like going for the door or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he thought he saw like unlocking the door, mm-hmm. which is a sign that they were going to try to let the bad guys in. That he thought he saw right, the young right, cop, right. but, it, but was it was actually really the older cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, I think yep, yep. that's what happened. Okay. But did they kill the young cop? They did, yeah. They did, even though... They double-teamed him, I said. Oh. <laughs> I just, they both killed him together. Damn. Yeah. So maybe he... They killed him when they shouldn't have. Yeah, maybe. What was that line that they kept having between... Um, between Ethan Hawke and Lawrence Fishburne? Oh. They had, like, a thing that... Like, a little catchphrase they had with each other. Our shit's on pause. Because they kept oh, saying, this yeah, is yeah, about yeah. you versus me. And yeah. I was like, you could see the script outline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And then every time, like, you think that the tension between them is going to, the sexual tension between them is going to come to a head. <laughs> mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. says, our shit's on pause. Yeah, I wrote down, Fishburne loves Hawk pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the tension that they had with each other. Mm-hmm. I just wish that there was some reason that Ethan Hawke and this and bishop would have like had because they have this kind of tension as if that they had some kind of history before well like that ethan hawk was the cop chasing him or whatever mm -hmm. but ethan hawk it basically seemed like he had the most information he had about him is like reading about him in the newspaper like he was not at all connected to the investigation around bishop and so they had this kind of like tension as if they were like equally matched people but th- it didn't really seem like that was the case. I think what it was, though, is that um, Lawrence Fishburne recognized that, like, Ethan Hawke was... He, like, respected Ethan, Ethan Hawke felt responsible for everyone in the precinct, cops and criminals alike. Right. You know, and I think he saw that, and I think that Ethan Hawke, like, recognized, you know, that Lawrence, that they were people... And, yeah, and he does know. save him at one point. Yeah. Because Lawrence Fishburne, he says this whole thing is that he's only, his, like, entire relationship with, like, it's it's entirely transactional. Like, he's mm-hmm. just, like, it, it's, as long as it's good for him, he'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Fishburne definitely had some respect for Hawk. Because yeah. he, like, Hawk is, like, purely principal. And, like, even to the point where he's, like, outnumbered, he just, like, no and so i think yeah i think he that made him respect him i guess mm-hmm. yeah and i guess also because he did there were multiple people trying to say let him go yeah mm-hmm. just like send him out and there and he said no yeah so i guess i guess maybe that is part of the thing that made him but but th- they did set up this whole like between it's like between the two of us thing mm-hmm. which did feel a little bit like that they should have had some sort of past relationship like at least that he would be the like one of the detectives looking for him or something but that wasn't the case yeah or that maybe if 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 we're doing a rewrite if he had somehow been involved with that um undercover operation eight months yeah, ago exactly it would have tied it up much more exactly neatly. exactly yeah. and then the whole our shits on pause thing that they use so much would have made more sense 
mm-hmm. that they that they would have actually had shit, you know. Yeah. I just thought it meant Fishburne was telling him, "Oh, now you're turning on me too." And he was weirdly looking forward to it. Um Yeah, I didn't think it meant past experience. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. I think we might be dealing with bad movie <laughs> writing. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. I mean, like. I mean, I, I think th- the point is that, you know, the only thing keeping them collaborating is that they're they're working against a mutual enemy. And so once that mutual enemy mm-hmm. goes down, yeah. they go back to being enemies. And that's the shit that's going to be unpaused. Yes. I would have mm-hmm. just personally liked it more if there was some reason that they would have had, like, just to add to that tension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I, I wrote down Gabriel Byrne as a White Walker because he appears out of freaking nowhere mm-hmm. and just shoots someone. Yeah. It's yeah. so crazy because I was like, no, no sounds, no nothing. Like, he, he literally appears out of nowhere. And I'm just like, <laughs> this guy... Oh, and they show him smoking at one point. I'm like, in case you didn't know, he was evil. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt so extraneous and just, uh-huh. mm, yeah, yeah. And they have like a duel, mm-hmm. Burn versus Hawk. Yeah. 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 Well, before that, they so Ethan Hawk and Lawrence Fishburne they dump lighter fluid or gasoline or something on the all over the precinct and they set yes, it on fire. Yes, because the old cop the... says, "I found like a sewer hatch or whatever." Mm-hmm. And so they're going to, like, light the... And this is, like, you know, this is basically their last resort because I think there's... Were they sending, like, a chopper or something? Uh, it was, like... It was just like, it looked like, like a Navy SEAL team was coming down from, like, a helicopter yeah. to, yeah. you know, infiltrate mm. the building. They kept mm. saying, send the AV yeah. something. Yeah. Which I took to mean, like, a tank, but it turned out it, it was a chopper. Yeah, it looked like something insanely massive. Mm-hmm. And then Dennehy's like, come on, I found the underground tunnels. And we're like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like how how come you didn't know about this before? And he's mm. like, oh, I was kind of caught up, but it turns out that he set them up. Yeah. And so, yeah, when they get out on the other side of that manhole, it's uh, Duval and all of his dudes are there waiting for them. Yeah. Messed up. And how do they get out of that again? Um, okay, so Lawrence something... Fishburne like plants a flash grenade or something oh, on Jasper, the old yeah. guy. He puts it in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And so... Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, they didn't kill Kappa earlier. I think they just beat him up. But they kept him with them. And so they get out, oh, yeah, and then they, they realize, yes, yes, they yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all coming back now. Yeah, they and didn't so kill. yeah, so Capra, that's his name, Capra, Andrade, and Mateo get away in an SUV, but then the SUV crashes, and then that's when she does the throat thing. Oh yeah, 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 because she's like, you know, pretend like you're dead so that they won't see, but then the guy notices that they aren't dead. Right. She yeah. is good under pressure. She, she knew right what to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Oh, yeah. One other thing that was weird was that they kept saying truck instead of SUV. And I was like, these aren't trucks. These are SUVs. They said truck a million times, and it was never a truck. They did say truck a lot. Yeah. They said truck a lot. <laughs> so that's just why I noticed it. If it had just been one time, I might have been like, okay. Uh-huh. But they said it so many times, and they're SUVs. That's all. That's funny. Um, oh, yeah. So then Dre DiMatteo kills the guy from Raising the Bar. 
that's the guy that she does the throat thing to. Right, right, right. And then suddenly Ethan Hawke is in a forest, and I was like, where the heck did this forest come from? I thought they were in the middle of like some urban, you know. Apparently, there's woods in Detroit. Yeah, I don't know. It was just. It, it kind of seemed like it was kind of an industrial area. Yeah. So I guess maybe there was like a factory, a police station, and, and a then forest. Just forest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like uh, random. Yeah. And like it was just there purely for a dramatic end location. It's true. Um, but also <laughs> in the I was reading a review from the New York Times and um the reviewer A.O. Scott Um, He was saying that they had done an establishing, like, aerial shot at the beginning, and there was no forest there. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was just completely, yeah, completely shot separately, you know, not, did not make any sense. Yeah, of course, I'm sure. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they're in the forest, and um, Gabriel Byrne and his men are going after him. And then... Lawrence Fishburne tells Ethan Hawke to run, but he stays to protect him because they've forged a bond. Yeah, because um, uh, 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 Duvall shoots Lawrence Fishburne. He like comes, he pops out of nowhere, shoots him like mm-hmm. in the stomach, I think, or the leg. I don't know. He shoots mm-hmm. him somewhere, mm-hmm. and he's basically like, "Call your boy." He's like, "No," mm-hmm. and then Ethan Hawke shows up, and. He says something cool, like, you don't need a call. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he shoots him in the head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they shoot each other. They shoot shoot each other. They they do that thing where they run at each other and shoot at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote down the the dialogue here because I just really enjoyed it. Um, I think Ethan Hawke says, uh, how many more people are you going to kill tonight? And Gabriel Byrne says, as many as it takes. And then Ethan Hawke says, you make me sick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then he and then yeah, he shoots him in the head. Yeah, and then Ethan Hawke gets shot like in the leg or something. Yeah, um, and then they have that they have another interaction where they're basically like, you kind of think that Bishop is gonna kill Ethan. You're not sure, mm-hmm. or Ethan Hawke thinks maybe that Bishop's gonna kill him, but we know he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh no, I guess I guess he says like. Because he's like, why didn't you call out my name when he said so? And he's basically like, it was in my best interest not to, because then he would have killed us both. Oh, he says mm-hmm. that line a couple of times. Yeah. It was he, in my best interest not to. Yeah, he basically like brings home the point that he the only times he does something good is just because it just so happens to line up with his own, his best interests. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then, but Lawrence Fishburne gets away, and Ethan Hawke like yells out into the snow, like he like vows to find him. Mm-hmm. Um, but when someone asks, like, "Oh, is Bishop still out there?" Yeah. He says, "No." Yes, he, he the, the guy asks, "Like, is anyone still out there?" He's like, "No." Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. You let him go. Well, this is a this is you know the, begin- the two of them. The beginning of a beautiful yeah. friendship. Yeah. It's back on. Yeah. I would love like a sequel of this where it's just like Ethan Hawke is like chasing him through like Europe or something. And, like they're backpacking yeah. and sending each other postcards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I think it would be, I think a sequel would be fun. Yeah. I just assume that it Assault didn't happen Assault on Precinct because, 14. <laughs> yeah. I assume it didn't happen because uh, this movie made $5 million off oh, its no. 35. It made $35 million, but it had a $30 million budget, so Mm -hmm. 
netted five million, which is not great. Yeah, I don't even remember this coming out. I saw it when it came out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, damn. Well, yeah. you were one of the few. Yep. Yeah, so like when you told me we were watching this, I'm like, the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so I Googled it and I was like, all right, this is a movie. And yeah, I don't remember this coming out at all. Yeah. yeah. The yeah, name I didn't sounds really... vaguely familiar, but it was totally mm-hmm. new to me. Yeah, I didn't really remember any details about it. I kind of remembered the look of it and mm-hmm. that Ethan Hawke was in it, but that was all I really remembered. So it was fun to revisit for sure. I will say though, like, more, you know, you, okay, you you see the start of one of these movies and you're like, okay, some of these people are going to make it, some of them aren't. Uh-huh. And you usually have an idea of who it's going to be. But there were some people that did not make it who were not the people mm-hmm. that I didn't think. Yeah, you would it. normally think that secretary would go, but uh, yeah, not thought- Maria Bello. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I also yeah. kind of hoped that the, what was her name? Aisha Hines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of hoped that she would make it because, like, you f- you kind of get the sense that she's, like, in this wrongful situation. Yeah, like, she has She kind of deserves to make it out. Yeah. But like, she doesn't. She, she gets does not. shot in the head. Yeah. Like, I Shocking. thought we were going to learn more about her, but they just... Yeah. Because I because yeah. I liked her. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. she's she's an, she. There's something there to her that's like deeper than what's going on with some of the other characters. Yeah, or different at least. Mm-hmm. I thought Leguizamo was gonna live, but I did like that when he did die, they did a zoom in on his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to show his importance because mm-hmm. they didn't do that with Jaro. No, no. Jaro, no. he just saw the back of his head. Yeah, yeah. but Leguizamo, he's climbing interior. the fence. <laughs> he's climbing the fence, gets shot in the head. Fade yeah. in his eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, and I just really liked that Ethan Hawke was smoking a cigarette as De Matteo helped him limp away to the ambulance at the end. That was yeah. fun. He was in ambulance. really good spirits at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, well, this happened. Uh, Happy New Year's, you know. So, yeah. A bunch of people died. Yep. This is a fun New Year's movie. I can't think of any other New Year's movies that are this fun. You know. New Year's Eve? That's not that fun. It's (laughs) It's no Valentine's Day. It's no Valentine's Day. That's true. There are no New Year's movies, are there? Um, I think there, I mean, there's something like that New Year's factors in in some way. I know. But I don't think there's that many that like it's the entire setting. Because like Harry Met Sally, like it's New Year's. But like that's, you're tracking like a long time in their relationship. Mm -hmm. So I know that movie 200 Cigarettes takes place on New Year's, but. It wasn't good. <laughs> so. But I think they used New Year's. This this movie did feel like it was relying on a lot of, like, things that had been done before. I mean. Yeah. Whatever. Obviously, it's really, the, the like, source material. Tropey, like, siege. And then we've got, movie. like, yeah, the diehard situation where it's, like, a holiday. Uh-huh. There's some either bad or incompetent cops. We've got a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and then we've got also, I feel like a little bit of the training day vibe in there where there's the, you know, relationship between the good guy and the bad guy. And mm-hmm. it's a little different than you expect. Um, but I think they made Lawrence Fishburne a little too sympathetic. You think what? They made Lawrence Fishburne a little too sympathetic. Yeah, because the way they set, they describe him, this dude's like pure just evil basically mm-hmm. he just kills people indiscriminately mm-hmm. no he's he discriminates intensely <laughs> like yeah I, and yeah i could have i would have loved to learn more about Lawrence fishburne's character also 
He was the only funny one in the movie. Yeah. That's not good. It's true. <laughs> the lead in an action well, film no, needs to there, be funny. There was a great Ja Rule line, though, where they're like, all of they're like, listen, you oh, yeah, like, yeah. let's all like kind of get to know each other. Let's just cool yes, down a bit. I loved it. And Ja Rule, like, he's like, I'll start. I'm Smiley and I'm a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, that was, I think, one of my favorite lines Smiley. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, just one note, uh, a New Year's Eve movie, The Apartment, is a New Year's Eve movie. Oh, okay. I mean, it takes place over a period of time, but New Year's is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, do you have something to share with us? Sure. Cool. So I was thinking for my hawk fact. Kaka! Do you want to do a hawk noise? I didn't know this was thing. That's good. That's more accurate than mine. Mm -hmm. Um, I was looking of, uh, uh, I was trying to look at unlikely pairings that a hawk might have. (laughs) Okay. Unlikely, um, perhaps uneasy, but mutually beneficial relationships, Mm -hmm. such as the one between Lawrence Fishburne and Ethan Hawke. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Audubon.org, a site that I frequently reference. Um, <laughs> why a hawk is a hummingbird's best friend. Whoa, that would yeah. be such a cute Pixar movie. Yeah. So, uh, hummingbirds' nests often appear in clusters, but for years, research co- researchers couldn't figure out what attracted the birds to certain areas. Turned out the answer was good neighbors. Um a lot of the clusters of hummingbirds' nests were close to hawk nests. Um, and hawks don't prey on hummingbirds or their nests. Um, part of the reason that they suspect is because it's just not it's just not worth the effort. Like it says the hawk by weight is about 190 times the size of a hummingbird. So it's just not really worth like the effort to try to eat one Mm -hmm. but the hawks do they protect hummingbirds from their predators Mm. the mexican jays okay you know (laughs) aka the 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 cholos the cholos yeah they protect them from the cholos mexican jays are just gonna kill them all (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the mexican jays um i guess prey on the hummingbirds but the hawks I guess probably presumably prey on the Mexican jays. So that ends up protecting the hummingbirds. Um, so pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Can't wait for, you know, Disney Pixar 2024's The Hawk and the Hummingbird. Or just Pocahontas, but uh, Hawk is playing Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Or just Mexican jay. <laughs> <laughs> Your new character. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay, so I read some reviews. And then, wait, one, one more thing. The movie outros okay. with the KRS-One song. I just wanted to take note of that. Oh, okay. Which KRS-One song? I, I don't know if it was a song written for this movie. I'm not entirely sure because he says um, there's a lyric in the song where he says... Uh, Something about shit being on pause. Oh. Yeah. That's a common phrase, though. I've heard New York from Flavor of Love say that. Oh, uh, okay. 
she's there's a part where she mouths off and she's like, I'm my I'm about to go off because my shit's been on pause. I don't think it's she amazing. I don't think she's referring to this movie. Yeah, are you sure she's not a big uh, Ethan Hawke fan? I kind of think that anyway, this one was Yeah, I think this one is specifically No, yeah, it, it's definitely written for this movie. The lyrics are <laughs> uh KRS one about to wreck the joint. I was seen opening up at the edge of Detroit where the cops go beyond the laws, where enemies work together by putting their shit on pause. So what does it mean, assault on precinct 13? Oh. That could be about anything. <laughs> <laughs> assault on precinct, precinct just 13 could be anywhere. Day. Yeah. It's funny. It's a metaphor. Oh, no, he literally says, he references, he names Lawrence Fishburne and Ethan Hawke in the song. Oh, wow. This is fun. so funny. It could still be about anything, though. <laughs> it could be about yeah. anyone. Like Lawrence Fishburne, when it's time to hurt things. Ethan Hawke, man, he faced all that. Do they? Does he say the actors' names? He, literally the actors' names. Oh, I love it. Jaw, oh, that's uh, good. I hold the mic like Jaw held the baseball bat. I stay ahead like a baseball cap. The ways of the world, Chris, don't chase all that. He literally... that That's kind of a cool like honor, though, to like have your name... In you a know, KRS like, one song? Yeah, you know. Is Maria Bellows in there? I, I think it's just Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, uh, Maria Bellows, you can run it with fellows. That's true, yeah, you could do a lot. Yeah. I I would love it he named the entire cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize that he... That's incredible. so crazy. I'm going to have to download that song later. Yeah. Workout jams, here you come. I think it starts <laughs> to like lose. I think it starts to get less specific the further they go. Just like the um, movie. But, <laughs> but in the beginning, he does specifically name check. And now Lawrence we in the Fishburne, woods now. Ethan Hawke and Jar Rule. That's so funny. I feel like that's of the time. Uh-huh. Because there's... Uh, there's... There's a Mission Impossible movie. I feel like it's got to be Mission Impossible 2. Or maybe it's 3. But it ends with a Kanye West song. Like, written for the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's called, like, Impossible. Impossible (laughs) 3. Yeah. Let's see if I can find this. You can go ahead with the reviews if you want. Okay. Um, So, Roger Ebert gave it 3 stars. Shockingly. That's pretty... I mean, like... How, out We've of how many stars? Out of four. What? Yeah. He gave it three out of four. I think he just enjoyed it. Like, I, think I think he just he, enjoys a lot of things. Yeah, except for, he, you know, Ethan Hawke's earlier movies, he did not really enjoy. He rated some of them pretty low. So this is like, you know, this is, I, I don't know if he's just going soft. I, I, like, I, I, anything that makes you go, wee, I think he's going to really enjoy. Yeah, so he just enjoyed this, and he said basically... He just said to like ignore the technicalities. It's fine that none of this makes any sense. <laughs> like just it's just it's just fun. Good lord. And then he also said, okay, so he said um because at the beginning of the review he compares it to a number of John Wayne movies that were like basically like standoff, you know, like fort standoff movies. Uh-huh. And at the very end of the review, he says, okay, then just ignore those technicalities and concentrate on such delightful synchronicities as that John Wayne played characters named both Ethan and Hawk. 
<laughs> so that's fun. That's funny. A direct... It's interesting to see um, uh, uh, him come around on Ethan Hawke. Oh, though. yeah, totally. Yeah, he was he's, not very he's... nice to him at first mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah, but now he likes him. And now him. he's like, respects him. Yeah. It's very interesting to watch. Yeah. Hmm. Um... I will admit this movie's entertaining. Yeah. I was yeah. not bored. It's a fun yeah. watch. It's a fun time, but yeah. it, it's there's a lot of really dumb stuff about it. Um, so A.O. Scott of the New York Times mm-hmm. also reviewed this. It was not very positive. Um, he, uh, he says, I do not mean to suggest, he already kind of is slamming it at this point. And he says, I do not mean to suggest that you should avoid the new assault on Precinct 13, uh, because it's a remake. Um, there are plenty of other reasons. Uh, the main one is that the movie cruelly and pointlessly squanders the talents and efforts of its cast as it pushes them through a master class in overacting under duress, rewarding the ones who perform best by killing them off first. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he just goes on to kind of just destroy the movie in this review. That's it's funny. very fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I also let me grab my phone. Oh, I guess I could just play it from here. What are you trying to do? Uh, there was a I found a clip. I think I'm assuming from like the DVD extras from this. Um, I I think that it was like one long video of all of the everyone talking about the movie, but this person just clipped out the parts of Ethan talk talking. It's the best action script I'd ever read. In the first one is a great, wonderful movie, but these two are going to be completely different. So all these characters are trapped together. It's really beautiful about Jean-Francois is that he's, and I've, just, I've seen this before with people who are really good, is he's, he's not afraid of other people's ideas. Star cop who's kind of lost his shine is now trying to hide in this dilapidated precinct. Psychiatrist, their appointment is scheduled for New Year's Eve and she shows up, much to his dismay. If this scene happens, the movie doesn't stop. Prisoners are being held down here and they're freaking out as to what's happening. The cops and the prisoners have to start working together. The thing about the script is that it certain points there's so many different people that carry the movie for a period of time we had gabriel byrne who we work less closely with because he's he's our antagonist i mean we're but he's a wonderful actor and a wonderful presence we have maria bello and drea as our female leads and Lawrence fishburne i've always wanted to work with him and he's one of my favorite actors alive right now yeah just so you guys know in the listening um he was talking about john leguizamo that he was one of the greatest actors alive that is so sweet yeah i feel like he's not given enough credit ethan hawk no john leguizamo yeah Yeah. Yeah. um it's true yeah i really hope everyone had so much fun in this movie yeah (laughs) Yeah, it looked like you know and i i appreciate ethan hawk's respect for other actors Mm -hmm. yeah he always he always has nice things to say about the people he works with yeah totally so yeah, this was a fun fun flick. Yeah, not maybe the best written movie we've ever watched, but fun nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Great actors, uh, snowstorm. You know, early two thousands. Early two thousands. Uh, yeah. So, do you guys have any any more thoughts about the movie? Glad it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't say a boy's life. Sorry. Oh, uh, the movie to oh, watch. Oh, boyhood. Oh, boyhood. Yeah. Oh, are you not a boyhood fan? 
I just don't want to watch it. It seems too long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it took 25 years. It's just, it seems like it's going to be 25 years to watch. And I just, I can't handle that. Amazing. Well, if it helps, I thought it was pretty good. You thought what was pretty Boyhood. good? Boyhood. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a lot like this movie. <laughs> yeah, the same. Yeah, it's very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah, except for the antagonist is puberty. <laughs> well, um, I've been Harper. You can find me on the internet at Harping About. Um, you know, in places such as Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd. And something I've been enjoying in culture outside of Ethan Hawke is I just finished listening to the audiobook of, if there are any romance novel fans out there, I just finished listening to The Hating Game. Uh, that was very fun. A very fun, well, not a read, because I didn't read it with my eyes, but a fun listen. So, yeah, check it out if you want a, a steamy office romance. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan. Okay, I'm Jonathan. You can find me on Instagram at John Zavaleta. And a thing I've been enjoying, I... Uh, this is... Okay, this is so, like, internet circa <laughs> when Assault on Precinct 13 came out. But um, <laughs> it there's there are these... I saw this video. It was, like, it just popped up on YouTube as, like, a suggestion. And it was uh, uh, Kanye as a Tame Impala song. And it's just like funny things that Kanye West has said to the to like a Tame Impala type beat. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's 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 so catchy and it's so like the chorus, if I can call it that, <laughs> is like so good. And I don't remember who the guy like, is, but it's got no education. Yeah, yeah. You ain't been doing the education. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you are interested in that, <laughs> yeah, if just you like look this really niche Kanye thing, as Tame Impala song or something, it'll come up. Mm-hmm. Um, Connie, where can the people find you? What have you been enjoying, and do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you can catch me at your local Ralphs. Um, nice. Probably getting groceries. <laughs> um, you can see me on Twitter at that Connie Shin, and um, I don't think I have any shows coming up. Yeah, this is also gonna come out in like a month. So yeah, so there's that. Catch me at Ralphs. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and um, Indie Darlings is out there somewhere. Not, it's not very easy to find anymore, but it's still out in places. Um. It's not out there anymore. I'm gonna. I was thinking of actually trying to find somewhere to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll yeah. see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the backlog is still on Stitcher though. Cause yeah, because that's, that's what yeah. I I listened to the mm-hmm. first reformed episode on Stitcher. Yes. Yeah, so which I had, I had never used Stitcher before. <laughs> yeah. So that was. Yeah. Fun. Well, you can find us on Stitcher too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Love um, you, Stitcher. <laughs> 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 Um, cool. Well, you can follow the podcast at Hawkeyes Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok. Um, <laughs> Connie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Super fun chat. Um, yeah. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Good night. Bye.
This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson, and our intro music, Hawk Song, is written and recorded by Connor Vance.